podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to a bumper edition of the AI Premier League Preview Pod. Tonight we're focusing on the final seven games of the season, Liverpool's Premier League run-in. So joining me this week, I'm joined by two AI regulars, uh, Joseph Cousins and Joe Simpson. Evening, guys. Hi, Harry. How are you doing? You right? Yeah, good. Good Good to speak with you both. I mean, it almost feels strange that we're, we're already here. It really seems to have flown past this season. Um, and I'm guessing pace is something we're going to be talking about uh, at some stage of the pod. But um, yeah, great to have you guys on and talk about this, these final seven games of the Premier League season, of course. Obviously, they're still uh, we're still hoping we go a little bit further into the Champions League in terms of the number of games we have left there. But before we have a look at the games themselves, and we're not going to dive too deeply into them, but maybe talk about which fixtures we think are going to be a little bit more complicated than the others. What I wanted to ask you guys is just a few more general questions around, because we're seven games from the end of the season now. Uh, what I wanted to start with is if we look all the way back to the start of the season, and uh, I know we just played Watford and uh, did a little bit better against them uh, just this past week than we did at the start of the season, let's face it, to, and uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a pretty sticky situation. But So Joe, coming to you first then, I guess um, what I wanted to ask you is, um, what were your expectations of this Liverpool team at the start of the season? And, and then we'll move on to talk about sort of what your expectations are of the team and how you expect them to finish the season. Yeah, it was it was difficult really at, at the start of the season. I think to to fully you know work out what what, what my expectations were because the me, me thoughts were going in two different directions. So on one hand, I was very encouraged by a lot of the progress we'd made. I could really see the effects of Klopp's coaching on the squad and you know the team becoming more cohesive and. And obviously, you're looking a very dangerous side. And I was also encouraged by a lot of the, you know, the signings we've made. I thought pretty much all the signings or all the major signings I thought were going to bring something useful to the squad. So, in one respect, I was, I was, you know, really excited about our potential. But I think there was always a cloud over that because I, like many of the fans, was worried about the. The central defensive situation and the goalkeeping situation, I saw those as the two major weaknesses in the team and squad. And I think in particular the Van Dijk, uh, you know, that that deal not happening and no similar player being signed for me, that sort of put a bit of a cloud over it all. So I think whilst my expectations were we were going to still do well, I think if we'd have signed Van Dijk, I'd have been much more confident we could have made a, a genuine title challenge. Whereas yeah. without that sign, and I saw it more as we'll we'll get top four again. So I think that was the difference for me. Yeah, I think especially just given how that Watford game went as well, it's, it's sort of funny to, yeah. to to use that first game and then the game we've just played as sort of bookends in a way a little mm-hmm. bit because when, when we had that first game, um, and, and as you mentioned, sort of the Van Dyke saga, the Van Dyke apology. God, it seems it, it, it seems so long ago now. Um, when really, if you if you think about 
apologizing to Southampton that they really should have taken the money at that stage, to be honest. But um, uh, I mean, you know, the way in which that Watford game went, where, where, where we had a glimpse of sort of the, the future in Salah um, doing something that he's done so many times this season, uh, one in scoring a goal, two in making what was actually a misplaced pass into a great pass because he's so quick he can catch up with it. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, we had Miggs, we had Lovren, we had set-piece nightmares, we had the only goal Okaka has scored the entire season. Um, and, and it was against us. We had centre-backs being dominated. And then you think back to uh, you know, uh, last week's game and just the way in which Van Dijk strolled through it and made Dini look like exactly what he is in terms of a, you know, a game footballer, but one that's not going to be causing too many issues. And then going forward, just this machine now. So, Kazi, I mean, did, did you share sort of those similar reservations then? I mean, you wanted to be positive and optimistic, but the way in which we started it with that Van Dyke apology or, or, or the Van Dyke saga seemingly coming to an end, not working well, um, were you sort of struggled or did you struggle to really have or be too optimistic around things because of all that? Yeah, very similar to Joe, to be honest. You know, before a ball was kicked, you know, I think most Liverpool fans would, would expect um, a top six finish, obviously, and a challenge for top four. Um, and then the hope was, you know, maybe have a good cup run. Um, get to the knockout stages of the Champions League. In terms of getting to that next level, um, you know, actually competing for the title. Um, like, like Joe's mentioned, you know, it, I, th- I thought it really sort of hung on a few key signings. Um, keeping Kit, Coutinho, um, signing Van Dyke, or if not, an alternative. Um, and, you know, so a couple of other sort of, um, positions in the squad as well. There was, we were linked to Lamar. Um, we signed Oxley Chamberlain and we were, we were linked to a few players that obviously had Keita as well. And the hope was we'd bring him in and have him in, in the squad for this season. So with the players we were linked with in the summer, heavily linked with, it was, it was difficult to not get excited about our, our chances of sort of actually challenging for the title. Because I think if we, if we were to get the likes of Lamar Keita and Van Dyke, put them in the squad and not really lose anyone, keep Phil, for example. And my feeling was we could really have a good crack at competing for the title. So that was sort of the hopes. And with the, you know, the, the window closing, um, and not making those signings, it was, it put a bit of a dampener on it. And you, you've mentioned the, the Watford result and, the, and the Watford, just, just the way the game panned out, it was like a here we go again, uh, moment. Um, and it was, it was difficult after that game to be excited about, you know, sort of progressing as a, as, as a club, um, on, on the pitch. Um, and then we had a, a tough sort of first part of the season that sort of culminated in that defeat at Tottenham, which I think put, put all of us on, on a bit of a downer. I don't think anyone expected, um, the sort of form we've hit since, since that Tottenham game. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, those are definitely my thoughts at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it was weird. Cause I think I remember that, that Spurs game and I remember being very angry about it in the way in which we conceded those goals and sort of, made what was going to be a really interesting contest into something that just became painful to watch because of those errors that were made. But um, to bring it to the other side of the, of the question then, I guess, I mean, uh, Joe, coming back to you again, what are, your, what are your expectations now then for how this side will finish the Premier League season? Yeah, it, it's funny really because in so many ways I'm so much more excited now Um you know, for a variety of factors that obviously I know we'll be going deeper on later. But I'd say 
it's it's similar expectations but in a different way so whereas before i after all those reasons i gave i felt we'd probably still get fourth i now think we'll probably get fourth but i think it'll be in a different way i think before the start of the season i thought we'd scrape fourth maybe whereas now i think if we get fourth it'll be done in a really impressive fashion combined with obviously the champions league progress we've made and I think it'll be done in a way where it will look like a staging post to do go much higher and put in much more of a genuine challenge next year now. Whereas I think before, as I say, I think we were more going to get forth just about, but not necessarily in particularly impressive fashion. Whereas I think now, I, I think we'll probably come forth now just because we've got these hard Champions League games, obviously the derby and amongst them, and obviously we've lost Coutinho. But despite that, I think it'll be an impressive fourth, if that makes sense. I think we'll do it in a way where you can see the real makings of a very, very good team with a couple of additions. So, you know, and obviously we've made the Van Dijk one, which I think is really transformative for us going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really think you can't sort of understate um, or overstate rather the the impact he's had. And um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of sort of top four finish. If you said that at the start of the season, people would go, "Yeah, that's that, that, that's around about what you want to aim for." But it's it's the manner in which you you achieve that, I guess. And I remember last season as well. Um, we got ourselves into that into that situation where we were having to fight for it on the last day, and it was tense, and it. For a while, it was uncomfortable, and you're just thinking, "How have we got here?" Yeah, we played so well at, in, in patches last season, um, but we we, did, we weren't able to sort of put that consistency to, together to really give us that comfortable finish. And yeah, this this time round, you do feel, hopefully, um, barring any sort of <laughs> you know, massive injury crisis, that that we're going to be doing that in a sort of a much more resolute way. I mean, Kazi, your expectations then for the end of this Premier League season obviously uh, top spot very quickly got ruled out of most most teams uh, you know, chances because of the the incredible um, sort of performances that the city have put in this season um, record breaking stuff but what are your expectations for how this Liverpool side are going to finish their Premier League season at this time around I think uh, I think we'll finish fourth I think we'll I think we'll scrape it but not because I'm pessimistic about um, our results or our form um, for the last seven games. Um, I, I, I think our rivals that we're up against, I think, I think all teams really are going to hit some really consistent form. It's usually the nature of, of, of the big, the big teams when we get into this, this part of the season. Um, and you, the, the fixture con- congestion is usually less so than, than, you know, than sort of around Christmas, just before Christmas and just after. And um, the top teams usually hit a bit of run of form at this sort of time of the year, and, and, and really sort of put in, in consistency in terms of, in terms of results. So I see United, Tottenham, and Chelsea um, winning the majority of their matches, uh, and this, that's the reason why I think it's going to be tight. Um, so I think we'll finish fourth, but I think I think it's going to be similar to last season, where last game of the season we're going to be biting our nails a little bit. Um, I'd love, I'd love for it to be, you know, all wrapped up with a couple of games to spare. Um, but that, that game at Chelsea, the second to last game is going to be huge. And I think there will be something riding on the last, the last game as well. Um, 
But, you know, if we do finish fourth, I think it still would be a, a, a sort of a, a good season. Um, a consolidated season after last after last year, it's very it's rare that we've and I, I mentioned this on Twitter, Twitter a couple of days ago. It's rare that a Liverpool team in the last say twenty odd years has had two seasons where we've had seventy odd point, points in you know back to back. That's that's only happened twice since we won the title. Um, so you know it 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 it's definitely progress, but um, I don't think we're gonna just sort of saunter away to a top four finish. It would be great, but. Um, I think they're going to make us sweat a little bit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not having that. I'm not having that at all. Yeah. So, so, so you're telling me, man, you with, you know, this guy talking about idealists and idiots and <laughs> completely sort of losing the plot. Chelsea, who've, yeah, but not out of Champions League. Manager's not going to be there next season. Pretty clear on that. Uh, you know, Tottenham, they've lost Harry Kane. Can you believe? How are they going to cope without, <laughs> without Harry Kane? I and mean, how are you going to cope emotionally with not winning the? Uh, the PFA, or he's never going to win the PFA Player of the Year, but the, the Golden Boot at least. Um, you you really think it's going to be that tight? You you, you don't think that there, 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 there are other sort of uh, sort of sagas going on at some of these top clubs? Um, I just I just see I just see the results. I mean, Manchester United, for example. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of noise around around the situation there. They have just won the last three. Um, league games, um, and that seems to be ignored because of the the Champions League um, situation. Um, it if was you look really at many, funny. It will come on. It was really. It, <laughs> it was it. The way they lost was unbelievable. The performance was something you know you don't see often um, from a top side. The way they just meekly just just disappeared out of the Champions League, and the the press conferences afterwards uh, were hilarious. But their form in the league is pretty decent. Um, you know, what are they on now, for example? They're on 65 points after 30 games. It's, it's, it's in a normal season, they would be in a championship running. You know, in a normal season, Manchester City doesn't, don't have 81 points. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the lead is at this stage, usually we'll have about 70 points. Um, and you'd say that United would be in a, in a title running. Um, and the, the, you know, the narrative would be a bit different if that was the case. Um, but with it as it is, you know, I think that there's a very negative narrative around Manchester United, but I do see them, you know, finishing strongly in terms of, in terms of points, maybe not in terms of performance, but in terms of points. I see them winning majority of their games and I definitely see them finishing top three. Um, Spurs, I know Harry Kane's injured, but they look a good side even with them out. Um, you know, and with, with a lot of their fixtures to come, it, they just look winnable to me. Chelsea is the strange one because their form has been really bad. I mean, they, they looked, you know, they were poor against City. They weren't great against Manchester United. They beat Palace. Um, they got that win in the cup, you know, so they, they do look weird and you've got the situation around Conte and what have you. Yeah, two wins but, in um, five. Two wins in five for Chelsea. Yeah, it's not a great record. Um, but, you know, some of the matches that they've got coming up, um, West Ham, Southampton, Huddersfield, Swansea, and Newcastle as well among among their games to come. I see them winning a lot of those games. Um, Arsenal is a bit of a write off. I have Arsenal on my list of uh, on, on my predictions list, but they they sort of wrote themselves off <laughs> in the last couple of months. Um, so I don't see them featuring at all. I think Arsenal will be sixth. Um, but yeah, so I I, I do think it's going to be tight. I, I don't see I don't see um, I don't see it being comfortable for. For any of them, for any of the teams, only only Manchester City, who I think will get more than 100 points this year and break the break the points record. 
Wow. But um, yeah, I I think I think we're going to sweat, mate. You know, it's Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of I guess lean on what I think is the impact that Van Dijk will have in that. In that, I think. Um, whether we do it in style, completely in style, but I, I, I just think that we're going to be ha- having these games now where that there's, there's so much less of the panic station stuff where we, where we concede a ridiculous goal, like a set piece or, or a header, someone just gets completely unmarked. Obviously, Lovren still plays for us, and, and that's something that can always lead to sort of implosions at random moments, but let's hope that I think careful, that... Harry, careful. Oh, what? Yeah. Be very careful, you know, who's on this pod. <laughs> I think that he's got the posters, he's got the cameras. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, guys, I mean, it'd be so easy to, to sort of do a pod on Man United itself. I mean, just the comedy, the, the drama, the actual. I mean, just one thing to mention just before we go on to the next point is that they do have City and they do have Spurs and Arsenal, although, although we've just <laughs> completely written Arsenal off as well in their fixtures in terms of sort of their remaining games for the season. So you do wonder if this sort of malaise, and I, I agree with you, Kazi, the form is good in the league, but I just wonder whether this malaise sort of infects that a little bit and uh, slows them down. That would be absolutely great. So um, what I wanted to ask you next then, guys, was, I mean, your expectations, I, mean, I think they have slightly changed, maybe not in terms of the exact position we're going to be finishing in or sort of the main targets for the season, but what was sort of the biggest... Uh, thing that impacted your expectations this season? Uh, Kazi, come to you first. I think we, we mentioned that Tottenham game, right, and how we felt afterwards. And I remember putting a Twitter poll um, and it's pretty much asking people how confident they felt that we'd get around 75 points. And the assumption was around that would be you know, what we needed um, to actually qualify for, for, um, for, for Champions League. And no one was confident, as you can imagine, after a, a bad performance like that. Um, you know, um, but I think, but I think the biggest surprise for me has has been the, the form of the front three. I mean, I rated them before, and especially Salah. Um, but you know, the level he's the level he's reached is just is just sort of blown. It's blown my mind. I think it's it's surprised everyone. It's surpassed expectations. And and another thing as well is that we haven't had any. And I want to touch wood here, so I don't want to jinx it. What's been key as well is that we've not had many bad injuries. Um, key players have been fit for the vast majority of the season. Um, and after selling, after selling Coutinho and not buying a replacement, I think most of us were worried about, you know, the backup. You know, if a key, if one of our key forward players gets injured, what, what do we do? We'll, we'll, we'll be in a bit of trouble. Um, we've not had to worry about it because, you know, I think they've started, the, the three of them have started probably all but one of the games since we've sold, since we sold Coutinho. And that's really consistent in terms of, you know, having your best players available. And if you look at the successful teams down the years, teams that have won titles, you look at your Leicester, Chelsea, um, you know, Manchester City this season, your key players are generally, you know, generally fit majority of the time. And, um, that's been the case this season where the front three have been, you know, been, been there. Um, and also I didn't expect Van Dyke's, um, sort of his sort of presence to, to, you know, to have as much of an impact straight away as it, as, as it has, you know, I thought it'd take a bit longer for it to, you know, for it, for it, for it, for that to be the case. Um, so it's all positives, really. Van Dyke's impact, Salah's form, which has been incredible. Um, and the fact that we've not had any key players, players in I think those three elements 
you know, has what usually goes against us. Usually we're dodgy at the back. Usually we have a key player that gets injured, you know, and but that, that hasn't happened this season. I think that's been that's one of the key aspects that's been pleasantly surprising. Yeah, I think it's certainly sort of the. It really feels as though that that there's more optimism in the club's direction. I think at the end of the season than there was at the start of the season, and and despite the fact that we're probably going to finish uh, around where we thought we were at the start of the season. Um, I think it just shows yeah the impact of what you talk about though those front three players Van Dyke as well. Um, obviously there was that one banter game against uh, uh, West Brom <laughs> where we where we decided to give Alan Pardew an actual win, which is a scary thing. But um, uh, Joe, coming to you then, I mean, do you, uh, I'm guessing that there are similar things that have have had a big impact on your expectations for the season. Van Dyke being one of them. Um, as well as the front three, but was there a specific moment for you where your expectations shifted and you and you started leaning towards this more sort of positive, optimistic side of things? Yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint a moment if for me anyway, but it's it's very similar to Cozy really. I think it was I I expected Salah to to be a very good sign, and just from the bits I've seen of him. And some of the articles I'd read about him, um, you know, so, some of the stats-based articles in particular, uh, you know, a, a few of the, you know, the, the people who use stats to assess players were really, really excited about about that sign. And then obviously my own limited knowledge of, 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 you know, how well he'd done in certain big games in Italy and things like that really excited me. So I did expect them to do well. But I didn't expect them to, you know, produce a season like he has done, where it's, you know, going into record books, left, right and centre. And I mean, we already had an impressive attack. So for him to slot into it, produce at those, you know, phenomenal levels, while, while the others, I know Mane has had a less impressive season than last year, although he still contributed in big moments and still made a big difference and I think Firmino has stepped up another level, he was already very good but he's he's even more impressive in every way now, so the three of them together, I think I've always been of the opinion that the key in, in the Premiership, generally speaking is, there's a, there's a lot of bad teams and I think the best teams normally have have a level of quality where they just hardly give the, the poorer teams a chance, you know it, they just destroy them and obviously that's what we did in 13-14 and that's what many of the other title winners have done, so to see us do that with sort of like what I would call overwhelming quality up front I think that was such a big big thing to have in our locker obviously it was a blow selling Coutinho and, and, and I certainly for one thought that would impact us more but I think it's been really impressive how we've rolled that out. And I think, whilst I agree with Cozy about, I think it will be close for fourth. But when I was saying about doing it impressively, what I mean by that is, like, regardless of what the other teams do, I now expect us to make comfortable work of most teams. So I think they might go on a good run. But I think we'll also go on a very good run. And I don't worry as much about playing a lot of these lesser teams anymore now. And that's even more the case since, you know, the renaissance of Carrius and in particular Van Dijk. So you 
you know, just for example, Van Dyke gives us that quality and that aerial ability and that leadership. But also, I think Carrius, you know, the, the, obviously there's still question marks over him. It's it's fairly, very early in his Liverpool career in terms of games he's played. But it just makes such a huge difference, even if just the removal of, of those big errors that Mignolet was prone to. Just, just him doing a good job, you know, making saves that save us points. It makes a, a, an incredible difference. So I think all those things together have really, you know, gave us a massive boost. Yeah, making saves. It's a, it's a great thing, isn't it? No, but it's true. I mean, it, it got to the stage, didn't it? I think it was last season where we went through that patch where, God, the statistics on Mignolet and first shot, first goal conceded were just absolutely sort of, you know, they made you want to sort of tear your hair out. And um, I think between the pair of them, actually, you mentioned Karius and, and, and Van Dijk there. One thing they've immediately done is we now play noticeably higher as well. We are much higher and it's it's, it's much harder to counter us, uh, to be honest, because of the because of the way in which we're doing that. And Karius obviously loves to sweep, much more comfortable at that um, than Mignolet was, even though he tried his... It tried his damnedest at times to to do that sweeper role and sort of a hybrid. But yes, it's interesting that you guys sort of pinpoint those moments. Uh, for me as well, I think when we sold Coutinho in January, I was I was very unhappy about it just because of the I I I didn't see I, I to be honest, I still don't see any sort of reason why we were forced to do that um, or, or why we felt that we needed to do that. Obviously, you know, players have dreams. I have dreams. We all have dreams, but it doesn't mean you have to you have to have them straight away. And it, it, it did seem kind of strange that you. He joined mid-season, and um, you know, no doubting his quality or, or no doubting his ability. I guess eventually to um, you know, settle into that Barcelona team and have a huge impact there. But it just felt, still to me, it feels a little bit weird that we sort of allowed him that and you know, hashtag galvanized. But obviously, since then it's it's it's, it's been a huge run again, and um, I guess that, that magic word character um, that the Rogers became so associated with towards the end. I mean. The team has definitely showed that. I think the under-pressure guys in particular are talking about how for a long time now, even I guess prior to Van Dijk, we were that trend of us being better defensively as a team and conceding fewer shots, etc. And, and, and being better in, in, in the other box in terms of scoring goals, it's obviously a positive positive thing when the, when those two things happen at the same time. So guys, thanks so much for sort of, sort of those predictions in a more general sense. But I wanted to get on now to talk about sort of these these last seven games then and uh, maybe touch upon uh, the first two. So Crystal Palace, um, after the international break, we, we come back and we get a lovely trip uh, to play at our favourite, one of our favourite grounds, of course, Crystal Palace, um, versus Hodge as well. I mean, w- what could possibly go wrong? Uh, Kazi, I mean, are you uh, sort of encouraged by the way in which we've dealt with these sorts of games this season? Obviously, they're a tough side. They got some physical presences in there, uh, some tricky players. Um, but this should be another comfortable win, shouldn't it? O- obviously, is the, is the post international break who do going to come back to haunt us? Yeah, this. The, I mean, you in seasons gone by, you'd have looked at this and think mm, potential banana skins. Um, yeah. Yeah, but in 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 recent times, though, uh, sort of since say around December, we've. It, we've it looks like we've we've um we've actually done really well in these type of type of games. Actually, since since the Spurs result, really. So I'm just I'm just sort of looking through some of the results. So you've got Stoke Stoke away three 0 win, Brighton away five one win, Bournemouth away four 0 win, 
Burnley away 2-1 win. Uh, Huddersfield away 3-0. Southampton away 2-0. It's, it looks really easy, doesn't it? <laughs> it's um, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no wonder you, you guys are so confident. But um, when when I when I um, sort of done my predictions about a month ago now, the Palace away um, is one of the ones I had as as potentially a draw. Um, you mentioned the the, the hoodoo, um, the, <laughs> the, the international break hoodoo, where you know usually we, we we lose a bit of form or key player comes back injured or something like that, and we slip up. Um, I, I don't know what the stats. Are, I don't have them to hand, but our our um our record after international breaks isn't isn't great. Um, but yeah, the Palace game is is one I've got a draw against. Um, simply because of those factors. I mean, when you look at it, you look at the way they're playing. You look at the, you look at the way we're playing. Our form, you know, if we have everyone fit and available, and everyone is on form, and, and you know, it, it sort of all goes it all goes to plan. Everything being equal, we should, as you say, win that match. Um, I've I've got a feeling we might draw that one, but um, I tell you what, if we do if we do win that, it sets us up really really well. For me, it's a massive game. That and the derby is huge for me because the other games look very, obviously Chelsea aside, but the other games look really straightforward. So if those two away games coming up after the international break for me are the massive, you know, the, the, the massive, you know, will we finish top four or won't we? Um, but yeah, should win, but I do have a draw for that Palace game. Yeah. Um, Joe, coming to you, obviously those two games, I mean, I, I, mean, I think lot, lots of fans are looking at them as a pair a little bit because um, the the city game in between the Palace and Everton game, and then obviously the the, the return leg, um, only three days after that that uh, that Everton game as well. Uh, obviously, Champions League hugely important for us this season. It's, it's going to be a very a very 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 interesting, toughly fought um, tie, obviously. But uh, what's your view on this Palace game? Then, uh, just to give you another sort of nice element to think about as well, uh, post international break game. Early kickoff as well. Can I just ask something first? Because I, 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 am I imagining this, or uh, after this, the the way Spurs and Chelsea played that that same weekend, or am I totally? I think you could be right. Yeah, if if, 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 if you let me pull up the pro the pro tools, yeah. I'll let you know in a bit. <laughs> Sorry, I should I shouldn't have dropped that on you there, but I'm sure I've heard that that someone in work was saying that, so I think they're right. That that makes it absolutely huge that game. Really, you know, one of the biggest. If that is true, it's one of the biggest league games. You know, we we we've had in 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 a while because yeah, it's Spurs like, and Chelsea, April first. Yeah, yeah. So ho- hopefully they'll slit each other's throats in that game. You know, or, or I suppose you could look at it the other way. It'd be it'd be nice if Spurs killed Chelsea off a bit. But if we can if we can capitalise beforehand and really put the pressure on particularly on Chelsea, you know, that could be a massive, massive weekend for us. So I think with all that in mind, I think we'll be totally focused. I imagine if I was a player, I'd be thinking if we can really get the points in that game, that that gives us a bit more breathing space if Klopp wants to rotate or anything further on throughout the season. You know, so I, 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 I'm obviously from what I've said, you can tell I'm really confident throughout this show, but I, I'm very confident we'll get we'll get the win, despite the things you've said. Why, you know, obviously it's a bit of a dodgy place for us to go and a dodgy team for us to play, but I'm confident we'll get the win. 
It's a 10-point gap if we win that um, over Chelsea. Right. Oh, that, that's big. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. Oh, obviously, they've got, got a game in hand and then and obviously there'll be two games in hand at that point, but it really puts the pressure on them, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think if we do win it as well, and I, I would expect us to win it, but... I hope we do it in a way that really leads to maximum face rubbing on the touchline. I, I really have to know. I, I, I hope it's horrible. I hope it's like Salah smashing the ball, it, it, it rebounding off Benteke's head into the bottom corner of the net. Something, something along those lines, because I just I can't abide that man having too much more joy as a manager. But um, also, yeah, I really like that as well. I, I, I hope Chelsea and Spurs slit each other's throats there, Joe. That's... Yeah, so, so, sounds a bit much, that doesn't it? I know in, Eric in Dyer the, had his football sense. Yeah, I, I know Eric Dyer's had his previous, but my, I'm not think he's going to get to stop short of that in this one. Yeah, I think that, that's can they, can they both lose? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean they really, really hate each other, don't they? Those two teams. So it's going to be Chelsea always seems to turn up for those games. So yeah, hopefully it would be, uh, you know, like a pretty aggressively fought draw. So the Everton game, so so the derby straight afterwards and. Um, uh, Joe, just to come to you first on this one then I mean, lots of people were sort of speaking about the derby I think we spoke about it earlier in the season as well and that Klopp obviously rotated for it the loads of rotation around that part of the season and, it, and it's really proved um, dividends in terms of sort of the the, the team looks, Touchwood in, in, in great condition uh, that front three, keeping them fit has been so pivotal for us as well um, And but you know, there was a bit of stick levelled his way we, we should have won that game, that game was absolutely dominated by us Everton have had a poor season, they're a poor side, let's face it, at the moment. And you would expect us to go into this game again and and, and win it. It's one we usually win. Um, and especially when they've been struggling this season. They've had a little bit of an upturn of late. But um, do you think that they're, given where, where this game is, um, in between the, the City Champions League ties, that is, I mean, there's going to be some rotation. Uh, I think there's almost certain... Um, just how massive is it? I mean, if, if, say we beat Palace. I mean, would you be happy with Klopp rotating for the for, for the derby? Do you think we'd have enough? Yeah, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, I, I the amount of times Klopp's done things that I've you know that I've had question marks over or I've disagreed with, and and he's completely proved me wrong or proved that my uh, misgivings were. Were incorrect, you know. There's quite a few of those, you know. He he does tend to get most things right. Obviously, like any manager, he, he makes mistakes, but the vast majority of the times he does get things right. So I'd I'd have to trust him on that. Obviously, I would hope he doesn't rotate too much. I I, I wouldn't want to see us. I I, st- I would still like us to have a very a very impressive side out. So maybe I understand that maybe rest them one or two players, but I would hope it doesn't go beyond that because I think it, I, I, I've always been of the opinion. Obviously, I'm, I'm no sports scientist or anything like that, but just as a sort of you know a, a, a normal fan, I mean, I've always thought I'd much rather rest say one or two, but still keep an impressive lineup. Hopefully, be winning impressively, and then bring people off early. So, I would like to hope we could maybe do that. I know it's not necessarily Klopp style, but in an ideal world, that's what I'd like to see. 
yeah, obviously a huge amount of it's going to be informed by how well we do in that first in that first city tie. You imagine so obviously taking a five nil lead to the Etihad is going to be no, obviously it's, uh, it's it's going to inform that a little bit. Oh yeah, so Kazi, so with the derby then, obviously similar stuff that that I was talking about with Joe there. We expect rotation. It's it's in between those two city ties. You'd expect even because of how poor they've been this season and, and just the derby history in general, we should be able to beat them even with that rotation in place. You would expect us to win. Uh, I have to say that they're a bit of a poor side at the moment. Um, well, our form is really good. This isn't they've not been really impressive. You know, we've I mentioned sort of our our recent away form in the league recently. Look at how we played in Porto as well. We've been fantastic in those games. Um, and you'd expect us really to beat them. Um, however, um, the circumstances around it make it a bit different. Um, you've got two really intense games either side in the Champions League. You've got the possibility of rotation. Um, I think Klopp will rotate. Um, I hope he doesn't. Um, I know he mentioned a few weeks ago that there's not, real, there's not really any need to rotate at the moment because you've got games even sort of like a nice gap between matches, you know, even though they're twice a week, it's not, it's like when during Christmas when we had like three games a week. But then recently he had a bit of a moan that the, the derby game wasn't, was on the morning of the Saturday. So in his mind, I'm not sure if that makes a, a, a you know, a bigger difference. If you have a really intense first leg Champions League game against City, players are tired or carrying knocks, then he might, you know, rest some players for the derby. And I think there are some key players in our side that, you know, if they are rested, it, it doesn't affect performance. So you've got the keeper, um, Van Dyke, and the front three. Um, if you rest that, like either Firmino or Salah, I think it, I think it, you know, it, it does sort of have an effect. Um, if you rest Van Dyke, it definitely has an effect. And I don't want to see Mignolet go at all. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think that's really key. If, if, and if we have, you know, that we are resting a couple of players and I think it starts to sort of, me leaning towards favouring a draw rather than a win. If those key players play, I think we win. If we rest Firmino or Salah or Van Dijk, I think we might we might draw. Um, you know, you mentioned sort of the Palace and Everton as a pair. So to those two games in my predictions is where is where I've got sort of potential banana skins. I think going further into the season, I think we're going to be a lot more comfortable. But those are the games I'm worried about. If we win the two of them, Palace and Everton, then I, I will be getting the cigar out. I, I, I think job done. Um, but yes, those are the ones I got my concerns about. Not because of the actual teams we're facing. It's just the circumstances around it. Yeah. You, you, you've got to imagine as well. Klopp's looking at those two exactly the same way with his team and thinking if we can just get those wins, um, in any way, it, it doesn't have to be installed as it is. It just has to be the three points then or the six points rather than we're, we're looking pretty comfortable in terms of them being able to focus on the Champions League without any sort of looking over our shoulder uh, and and seeing Wayne Rooney sort of slowly trunch towards us uh, as as I'm expecting in that game. But um, yeah, I think that for sure is going to be um, a pair that's going to be really important for us. Um, so so ignoring the Champions League tie for now, maybe we'll touch upon it towards the end, but. Uh, following that second leg Champions League tie course, and we've also four days later we've got Bournemouth, and I'm I'm viewing that as a very straightforward game based upon just knowing how they play. They're coming to Anfield. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting too much resistance there. Joe, do you think that's a comfortable sort of three points? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm always hesitant to say that just because I, I always feel it has a ha- habit of coming back and holding me when I'm Still so feels weird, doesn't it? Still feels It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But uh, I, I, I'm slowly coming out of that habit. So fingers crossed, you know, I'll just get used to the fact that generally speaking these days, we tend to make sure work of teams who, who don't have as much quality as us. I, I'm like you. I think that's a, you know, should be a comfortable win. And Kazi, how about you? I'm guessing. Uh, different from the Palace and Everton games where you thought we could maybe slip up there. You mentioned that, you, that the rest of them you think are pretty straightforward. Chelsea being yeah. an exception there. Bournemouth, given how they play as well, you'd imagine, especially by this point in the season, if they're, if they're safe, obviously it's a bit, it's a bit harder with the sort of the situation in, in the league at the moment and teams not feeling entirely safe for a while, but you'd expect it to be straightforward, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. I mean, their style, um, at Anfield, I think, plays into our hands. Um, I think they will be comfortable in the, in the league by then. Um, I can only see a, a, a sort of a, a home result, a home win, sorry. That would be a genuine shock if we didn't win that game. A, a, a genuine shock. I wouldn't look at it as a here we go again. It would be an absolute like, wow, how did we not win that? Um, yeah, I, I expect, I expect to win that game, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at our, um, fixtures in the running the, the, you could handpick them really they're, they're the fixtures you'd want you know um, just just looking at it like I mean I've, I've been looking at it from like 14 games out and you'd, you'd, you'd definitely pick our running above a lot of our rivals you know um, but yeah the Bournemouth at home I'm expecting three points big time and I guess guys if, if you're viewing Bournemouth at home as a banker then the form of sort of West Brom isn't isn't worrying you here <laughs> in terms of um, absolute shocker of a season, um, and you, know, you always hear about the, the new manager but, uh, sort of bounce that you get. Um, well, apart from that, that one sort of really annoying game in the FA Cup against us, um, that bounce has not happened at all. It seems to have been more of like a a hurdle for, for them that, that, that they've completely stacked into them. Because uh, West Brom's form has been atrocious, Kazi. I mean, I'm hesitant to be insulting about this because obviously you never want to be too arrogant, too cocky around fixtures, especially when it's Liverpool concerned, things like that. But um, are you expecting us to go there and and do the job incredibly professionally? Absolutely. I mean, West Brom. West Brom's form is uh, man. It's it's one for the ages. They have won one game in the league since August. It is incredible. Um, <laughs> absolutely incredible. I, I don't know how they won at Anfield in the league and they looked decent in that game as well. Um, it, it, but when you, when you look at their league form, it, it's, they've lost, they've been battered. I think it's seven games straight now. Um, just conceding loads. Um, the only team they've beat is Brighton since August at home. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's an absolute, of, of all the fixtures for me, it's the one I'd put my mortgage on. If, if I had to put my mortgage on a result, this would be it. Um, because they have been really, really poor, absolutely dire. Um, and whether they take the lead or not, or, or go sort of a, a number of minutes without conceding, sometimes they look solid and then they let one in and then they just capitulate. Um, yeah, they're absolutely poor at the moment. And with, without, with our front three, you could just see them, re, you know, running havoc. Um, at the Hawthorns, if if we have everyone fit and available, 
yeah, there's only there's only one result I can see there. Yeah, I, I remember this game last season, and sort of not not quite as late, but um, I remember it being a pretty dire game. We 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 turned into that mode where we were sort of just just winning games pretty ugly, um, and I think it was a Firmino header from a set piece that was incredibly enjoyable, uh, given Pulis was the manager at the time. Uh, but yeah, you'd expect this one to be far more comfortable. I mean, Joe, you, you're not expecting any uh, upsets from from Pardew? No, I think uh, it's one of them. Like like you both said, I mean, the the the, the bereft of confidence. And I think if you uh, if you've had a run like that, I imagine, and your confidence is completely gone, the worst thing you would want to see is Mo Salah. In the form he's in, I mean, look, look what he did, you know, to offer. I mean, he can he can absolutely embarrass players, and obviously he's not on his own. As there's other players who, who who are contributing massively as well, and I just think that level of quality strikes fear into teams like that, and I th- just think we'll we'll overwhelm them. I, I think I think it may be a, a situation where they'll just be happy. You know, obviously they'll, they'll try their best to try and snatch a draw or something. But I think once we get ahead, they'll probably just be happy just to take a defeat that isn't too embarrassing. No, you'd, you'd certainly imagine that's the case. And, and another team is right down the bottom there with them. Uh, the form's not quite as bad, but it's been pretty abysmal. Let's face it, even even post sort of managerial changing so much so that it's even amazing that Sparky's ended up at Southampton. To be honest, but. Uh, Stoke, Stoke at home. I mean, used to be a game that we sort of dreaded in terms of the way in which they played, and they could stifle us, cause us trouble. Um, but really, their form as well. I think was it just two wins in the last. It seems like twelve or fourteen games. Yeah, really poor form for them as well. Losing against Everton and City uh, in their past two games. Uh, Stoke again. Is is that another one of your bankers, Cuzzy? Yeah, Stoke at home, right? Yep, absolute Stoke banker. <laughs> absolute banker. When was the last time they won the away game? Um, oh um, I'm, I'm scrolling through their picks. They're not one away from home. I, um, they beat Watford. There you go. They beat, okay. they beat Watford oh, yeah. in, in November. There you go. <laughs> Oh dear! I hope this doesn't. I hope this all this cocky talk doesn't come back to bite me. Really, really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Stoke at home. Um, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a win. And uh, you know, as 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 you both has, have mentioned, um, this season we've had games where, in, in previous times, you think, right, this is this might be the one where we slip up, but we just, you know, we're just churning out these results, big scores as well against these. Um, you know that these not great sides, um, and consistently doing it, I can't see. I can't see it like that going away. Uh, it would take for me an injury crisis for you know us to slip up in some of these games, like you know key players out. Uh, for me, if the front three are fit, we're beating these sides. I, I can't see anything other than that. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, uh, I was going to ask you, Joe, what you think it would take for us to make these games you know, more difficult for. A- for ourselves and, and perhaps we'd expect them to be given how professional we've been this season in games like this but are you are you viewing that Stoke game and I guess even even the last game of the season against Brighton as well if we try and group them together against these sorts of sides 
um, as ones we should be looking to win comfortably. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them, but I always feel when you when you're making predictions on a number of games like this, the problem you've got is I'm naturally judging each one individually. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. logical side of my brain tell me, well, we we're not we're not perfect machines or perfect teams, you know. That we there will be there will be bump. The odds are there will be some bumps along the way, regardless of who we're playing. You know, very very few. Well, no team wins every game. Do you know what I mean? So, whilst all of these teams, I do think we should on the day beat them all comfortably up to now, and with the ones you mentioned, I do recognise that we probably will have some sort of bumps in the road along the way. But I think the key thing is, and obviously we've done this in the past. Most of these teams have uh, really struggled confidence-wise. They've been on most of them have been on really bad runs. Don't throw one in the net. Don't give away a penalty. Don't make it, don't make it easy for them. I think that's a large part of the reason why United, despite on the face of it not looking as impressive as uh, as us in a lot of ways, what they tend to do is they don't in 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 England anyway in English games they don't tend to make many mistakes and then because of that they will almost always because of the the squad they've got and the money they've spent they've got that quality elsewhere that may just score one goal or score two goals and then you take the points and I think if we can with the likes of Van Dijk and Carrius being so impressive of late if we can or if we're forced to keep it tight, just don't give nothing away and give the opposition confidence. You've got to think, 90 minutes with that front three, one of them will probably score. Obviously, if we score early, then we can take some of these teams to the cleaners. But I think the key thing is, don't give these teams any boosts. No, for sure. And I think often when you look at these games as well against teams at this stage of the season, the one thing that you fear, I guess, is that you, you come up against a team that has still has something to fight for in terms of maybe sort of saving themselves from from relegation or, or, or being around that area. I mean, when you look at West Brom, they're beyond saving. They're gone. Um, and, and I guess they've been gone for a while. Stoke as well. Uh, you'd imagine Southampton's form is going to improve. You'd imagine West Ham's is going to improve as well. Palace, they've got too many good players, you'd imagine, as well. Uh, and Stokes' form has been so bad, because you mentioned it earlier uh, as well, in terms of the, those away games, but they need to be getting some points, and they're, they're, they're just getting nothing. You'd hope that when we arrive to that game, um, they've got nothing left to play for, and so there is a bit of sort of a, a despondency, rather than them sort of giving everything they can for those last couple of games. Brighton will definitely be safe um, uh, by then as well, you'd imagine, so... I think that should be a foregone conclusion, hopefully. Obviously, touching wood after all these predictions. Um, but the one interesting game in there, and Kazi mentioned it right at the start, in terms of he thinks it can be, a, it's going to be a key one. Um, uh, Joe as well, speaking about this Chelsea game, um, away to Chelsea, second to last game of the season. Um, I guess just just talk to me about how you see that game going, and um, do, do you think that it would be a high pressure one? Yeah, I think uh, I think if we're if we're in a position where I'm hopeful we're in a position where a draw would be enough, 
you know, to, to, to stop them potentially overtaking us for four four. Or where a draw would be enough to at least put us firmly in the boxes for that last that last match. And I think if that is the case, I'm very confident that we could go there for the reasons we mentioned and get a draw. But I think if we're in a situation where Chelsea can overtake us at that point, I think, like you say, the pressure will be huge and I'll be much more worried then just because I think I think so. the club the club are geared up for another year in the Champions League and we're all aware of how big a how big a difference that could make. So that that w- that would worry me a lot if we're in that position by the time that game comes around. But the other thing I'm hoping for is hopefully Chelsea have had you know mixed form up to that point where either we can get a little bit of a gap going or at the very least there'd be a big vibe around Chelsea. There's been hints of it already that like you know it's going to be all change at the end of the season. So I'm hoping that type of thing is unsettling and damaging towards their squad and you know gives us an opportunity to capitalise. Yeah, they, they, they got pr- quite a nice run in as well. Obviously got the cup to um, distract them a little bit. Kazi, are you expecting what you said at the start again uh, to the, this game to be a, sort of a horribly sort of nerve-jangling one in terms of it having loads riding on it? Yeah, I, I don't like this game. Um, this is this is the only defeat I've got in the in the running. Um, I've got. Um, I think we'll be we'll go into that game with a bit of a gap um, and not desperate for the win. I think Chelsea will be absolutely desperate for the win and and will will, will beat us narrowly. One of them games I think might be similar to the United game. Um, you know where they sort of squeeze a two-one or something like that. I can see it being that sort of um, a game where we're we're pissed off about refereeing decisions and you know that, that sort of thing. We're due a few um, now, surely, aren't we? Yeah, maybe that <laughs> can help us. So. <laughs> we'd, we'd probably get them in the last game against Brighton. So I, I, so I can see a scenario where the result at Chelsea means there's going to be something riding on the Brighton game. Um, uh, that, that's how I see. I mean, um, Joe mentioned. I mean, he made a great point earlier with regards to. You know, when you look at these games in isolation and you think, yep, should win that, should win that, should win that. And then you sort of take a step back and you think, well, we're not going to be perfect. So I've tried to look at them from a point of view of which are the, which are the ones most likely we, we, we might slip up in. And that's where I've got the draws against Palace and Everton, for example. And I, I just see this Chelsea game as, as, as a bit of a, um, a, a bit of a banana skin. I've mentioned a couple of banana skins earlier, but this, this one, I think is one we might, I think we might get beaten. Um, and you know, lose that game. And I think it would be five defeats for the season, which is like, you know, it's like sort of league winning form, really. It's just that we've drawn too much games. Um, you know, so it's no disgrace to, to lose against Chelsea. Um, but, um, I do see us losing that game, but still having enough to finish above them. Um, you mentioned that they have a nice run in. They've got after the Tottenham game, they've, I think they play, um, West Ham, Southampton, Huddersfield, Swansea. And they've got Newcastle last game of the season. So they've got a number of games you think on paper they should win, even though they're not in great form. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be tight for the rut to go to the end of the season. Uh, if we get anything at that, in that game, I think we're in a really, really strong position. Uh, if we get a point, I'll be happy with, I'll be happy with that. Definitely happy with that. 
But that is a, I, I do see that as, as a, as a only defeat, I think, between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I guess, I guess it just emphasizes just how important the, those next two games are. We spoke about that right at the start because they come in a pair, that Palace and Everton game. And if we can just get those six points, it, it would relieve huge amounts of pressure on the team. Uh, and yeah, and I was to focus on the City game and, and the Champions League, I guess, a bit more. But, um, guys, then just before we get to sort of some of the final points, then the first thing I wanted to ask you is, right, so there are 21 points there available. Um, how many do you think we're going to get, Joe? Um, I think 16. 16, okay. Kazi, how many do you think we're going to get? So I think 14, um, which would have us finish on 77, which I think has always been enough for top four, has it? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and which would be a point more than last season. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 14. Um, if we beat Palace, I think, I think we're set. I think we beat Palace. My outlook would be so much different. <laughs> I think if we beat Palace, I think I'd be so much more comfortable about how the rest of the season is going to finish. But yeah, I've got, so I've got 14, uh, from the next 21. So you have to wait to the face rubbing until you feel confident about this. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to go with Joe as well and say 16 actually, and I, I think we'll do it. I mean, actually, I think even more, but I, I don't I don't want to do that. I mean, I don't want to I, I don't want to come across as that cocky now because it's still an uncomfortable feeling to be honest. I'm not quite not quite settled with it um, properly. But um, just sort of two final questions here. I mean, one one storyline is obviously the Champions League that that's running parallel to this as well, but the the other one that I'm interested in is we've spoken about how some of these teams are, it's quite a nice run in. You'd imagine they, they wouldn't have much to fight for. We could potentially have some comfortable wins here. Obviously looking at them in isolation, but uh, Salah, there's a little bit around him chasing history, of course, in terms of him and his goal scoring record. I'm sure he'll be aware of it. He does seem to be the, the, the sort of character who is keeping an eye on these sorts of records. So that's something that, that's out there for him to chase after. Um, just wanted to ask you both, how many goals do you think he's ending the season on? Uh, Kazi, come to you first. I think he's going to break the 38-game um, um, Premier League record. Um, 31 is a record shared by Suarez, Ronaldo and uh, Shearer. Yeah. Um, I think, so he's what, he's three away from that at the moment, 28 league goals, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll get, I think he'll get four or more. Uh, he could break the overall record, which is 34 um, goals. I think he's going to end up maybe with about mid, maybe 32 or 33. Um, but I really hope he breaks the overall record. <laughs> How about Russia's record for uh, goals in the league season? Obviously, counting the European fixtures as well, 47. Is that possible? For 47. Him? It is definitely possible. So what, what, <laughs> what's it, sir? What's he on now? Sorry, what, what's he on total? I've been, I've been focusing on the league goals. I believe um, it's 34, I should really, should really know this before I ask the question. But, um, <laughs> uh, Joe, how many goals do you think Salah is going to end the season with? Um, I do, I agree. I do think he's going to break that record. So I think he's going to, I think he's just going to break it, which would be incredible, particularly from the position he, you know, he plays from. Uh, I'd say 32 league goals. 32 league goals then. Okay, sure. Very interesting. So it's saying to me here, as it so he's got 
Yeah, 28 in the league, 6 in the Champions League. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, 36 he, he, he's currently on. So, and Russia's record is what, 47? 47, yeah. Obviously, he played a hell of a lot more minutes. Um, yeah. But uh, if there's another Watford game in him, who knows? You know, it could, could make that look a lot easier for him. Joe, do you think he, he's got that in him? I'd be extremely shocked. I mean, <laughs> as amazing as he's been, I just think maybe if, you know, if like our Champions League game were. As, as obviously we've got two games there, but if it was like you know, not trying to disparage Russ, he, he, he's, he's an absolute idol of mine. But it, I'm sure in them days, say in the European Cup, from what I can see, looking back, as well as obviously playing the Giants, you'll get more from what I could see anyway. Remember, he's not playing tricks. You get the odd, you know, tie where it's you know significantly inferior teams where he could get a lot of goals whereas obviously unfortunately this year we're playing Man City so I don't know to to get I think it's a big ask I think if anyone's capable obviously what we've just seen from him shows he's got the potential but I think it's a very very big ask so I think that'd be just a step too far for him this could be Pardew's legacy this could be it. He could be the manager that enables enables Mo Salah to get uh, to get to that record. Who knows? But I think yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting thread that's running alongside all this of this as well. And that's that's been so great for us to sort of focus on as well. And I think I think it's really carried everyone along on this sort of wave of, of optimism as well. So so to end the pod, then I want to ask you both is um, what would signify a successful season for you? Obviously, we touched upon that top four finish. Um, which was the the main priority? Maybe go deep in the Champions League, which we we've already done. Um, but from where we are right now, um, I guess maybe discounting the league a little bit in terms of uh, let's hope we finish in Champions League places. But once we end this campaign, what about it would would signify a successful season to you, Kazi? I really at the beginning of this season wanted to win a, a cup. I really had my eye on the FA Cup, uh, which is not a, we've not had a great record in over the last few years. Um, you know, it was you know we we all sort of have dreams of competing for the title, but I, I never really saw it as any as a realistic ambition um, or a realistic expectation. And um, but the FA Cup is something I saw that we maybe could win. So to go yeah. out um, against yeah. West Brom was really really disappointing. Um, but you know that's gone now. Um, the the Champions League run has probably exceeded my expectations. Uh, and if we if we get past City, that would be I, I reckon that would be really successful to get to the. Champions League semi-final would be, I think, it would be a fantastic achievement. Um, do you think we? Obviously, do you think we could win yeah. it if we get past City? I have to ask you yeah, that question. Yeah, I mean, once you're in the, I think once you're in the semi-final, I mean, once you're in the quarter-final, you can win it. Uh, I mean, in 2005, end uh, the group stage, none of us thought we'd, we'd get anywhere near, anywhere near winning, winning it. I, re- I remember even reading a, um, an interview from Steven Gerrard saying, uh, with him saying to himself that he, realistically we're not going to win the Champions League by et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And months later, we ended up winning it. Um, it's possible. Once you're in the semi-final, anything is possible. Um, you know, obviously it's really difficult and there's some really, really strong teams in it. Um, but yeah, for me, success would be, um, you know, again, finishing top four and doing it in style. Uh, if we finish on, say, 80 points, for example, and you know we've had a good Champions League run. I think you can look at that as a as a good season. Uh, I think you know from next season and going forward, 
you know, it, the clubs and the clubs are going to be under a little bit more pressure in terms of winning silverware. You know, the longer we go on without winning silverware, then, you know, I think the pressure starts to build and you more look towards you need to actually winning something to consider it successful. But I'm not sure we're quite at that stage yet. I think we're seeing progress. I mentioned before that, you know, we don't usually finish. Yeah, you know, we don't usually have strong league performances two years running. It's rare. So to have that now, it means we're sort of hitting a level of consistency we've not had often in the Premier League era. Um, so I think we're going in the right direction with just that we're eager to see some shiny things go in the trophy. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I think that would, that would be success. You know, Champions League qualification. And I think even if we finish fourth, we're in the group stage guaranteed next season. So that would be good. Um, and yeah, the Champions League one, I think, yeah, I, I think that sort of points to, you know, a successful season is not a, a, a magnificent one. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think completely agree with you around, around the trophies, especially when you see who, who we went out of the FA Cup to. It, it, it does jar a little bit, but you, I think you touched upon the sort of the right point there at the end in terms of the Champions League, um, the run that we've had, the performances that we've had as well. And, and I guess finishing two years in a row in, in those spots um, alongside those performances, alongside the, the form of Salah and this emergence of him as a new star. Um, I, that intent that it puts out, that signal that it puts out to the rest of Europe that this is a club that's making progress, this is a place that you want to be you know, coming and playing your football. Um, one huge victory for me will be uh, just next season when Navi Cater's here so we can finally end what has been a brutal, uh, pretty merciless uh, sort of uh, banter war from the Leipzig account on Twitter, which has been pretty uh, joyous about the fact that they managed to keep hold of him. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the first goal and, and no doubt the first dab or whatever he's going to be he's going to be bringing out within the next season. But um, Joe, same question to you then to end this. I mean, what would you um, say about this season would constitute a successful season? Because you mentioned in there, we're still after those trophies, but... Uh, the the direction we're heading in seems to be that's the overall positive thing about this, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd qualify, and I know I know you don't mean it like this, but just because it's it's hard as a as a, a Liverpool fan to call any season a success where we haven't, you know, hopefully we will win a trophy, but it it's a tough one to win the Champions League. So if, if we don't win a a trophy, I wouldn't use the word success just because I've got that sort of old school Liverpool attitude about me but I know that's not how you mean it so I suppose I'll use the word progress which you've also used and I think in terms of progress and it being good progress I think if we can finish fourth in a way that's not stumbling over the line there's been times we've finished fourth and I've I've looked at us. Equally, there's been times we've won trophies and I've looked at us and I've thought, we're not really going anywhere here, even though we've won a trophy or even though we've finished fourth. But if we finish fourth in a way that sends out all the right signals about where the club's going, and we also combine that with the fact that we've adapted so well to the Champions League this year as well and done so well, I think if you combine all them things together with the blow we suffered of Coutinho leaving, I would see that finishing fourth impressively combined with that Champions League run, I would see that as a season of real genuine progress and a stage in post for us in the transfer market with the increased funds we'd have from that. 
to really make a real go of next season. So whilst I wouldn't necessarily call it success for the reasons I've mentioned, I would see that as a really good, solid season of progress. No, yeah, I I I, I completely agree with both of you. I, I I do think that there's we're sending the right signals out, and even just from the point of view, you imagine how many eyes are going to be on this Liverpool Man City game, and and just how how we perform in it as well. I think. I mean, I don't think it's going to define what happens next season or what happens in the summer. But if if we put a strong showing in there, obviously, if we win, that, that that's the ideal solution. Um, but if we put a strong showing in there and, and really assert ourselves like we have done in Europe as well, I think that's yeah really going to um, stand us in good stead. And, and you're right there to mention the Coutinho loss as well and sort of the Van Dyke non-signing at the start of the season that we've overcome those two uh, you know, mental obstacles as well. So. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for helping me sort of wrap up the season and I guess in, in a way and looking at those last seven games and um, it sounds like we're all fairly optimistic whilst also having some a few nerves around certain games or certain banana skins. But um, let's hope we wrap the season up in a successful success, uh, successful way and uh, yeah, go a little bit further in Champions League as well. Let's, let's see just how far we can go in that. So uh, thanks to everyone for listening and um, I'll be back after sort of a a little bit of a break with the Champions League tie and the international break, of course, uh, to cover that, that small matter of Crystal Palace, of course, and then the, and then the derby after that as well. So uh, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, I just encourage you before before I go to check out all the great content over on AI Pro as well. So uh, be sure to subscribe and, and or you know, start as a trialist, join, join as, a, as a subscriber. Plenty of great stuff to listen to there. So... Um, Thanks again, guys, and we'll be back soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.